0: Hey there, friends. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me, as always, on this episode of Keto for Women. And hopefully, we'll be rounding out the last of the questions for this round of the Keto Hot Seat episodes that I'm doing, although I do plan to make this a regular thing. so. Now, you will need to be on the lookout for the next time I ask for questions, which will be pretty soon. Within the next couple of weeks, I'll be looking for more questions to go through for the Keto Hot Seat, but I have them all prepped and ready to go. We're going to hopefully get through the rest of them on Instagram. Head over to Facebook and answer the questions from the Facebook group. And yeah, we'll get through them all. Hopefully today, I promise. Although before I even get there, I do have so many announcements. First, on a personal note, I have to tell you that by the time you are listening to this, if you listen to it when it comes out on Fridays or the following weekend or week, I will officially be moved into my new home. So excited. As you can tell, as I'm sure any of you who are home buyers and have been first-time homebuyers, it's a thrilling experience. It's definitely a different kind of experience than just obviously moving from apartment to apartment, which is what I have been doing for 13 years. And actually, it's interesting. The day that I close, which is March 27th, is exactly 13 years to the day since I moved to Colorado and moved in with my sister. So it's been a 13-year whirlwind of hopping all over the Denver area and then the Boulder area and not really ever finding myself truly settled, which is a huge important factor to life, right? To just have that feeling of being settled, have this place that you truly know will be your home for a number of years, forever if you want it to be. And I finally get to experience that. So it was a really important step in my life to make this decision. It was a very quick, spontaneous decision as I'm finding that a lot of my best decisions I've been making lately have been on the spontaneous side. So I think it's shown some things that maybe I do better being more spontaneous than being as calculated as I am usually. So that's coming up. Very excited. I'm actually right now in the packing process and getting ready to move in a few days. So the packing process for me is pretty easy in comparison to others because as some of you, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this on Keto for Women before, But I am by nature a minimalist. I don't like a lot of things around. I definitely don't like clutter. That's for sure. So I don't have that much stuff. And when I moved to this apartment that I'm currently in, I've lived here for 22 months. And when I moved, I came with very little because I had just come from living in the house that had toxic mold. And so I couldn't bring a lot of stuff with me because especially the porous materials like anything with fabric, clothing, anything like that gets the mold basically attaches to that. And it's almost impossible to get it out no matter how much cleaning and laundry you do. So for me, it was worth it to just get rid of everything. And this was the second time I had done so, get rid of all my clothes everything and just start over in a brand new space. So I came with very little and I got quickly the absolute minimum that I needed as far as furniture and clothing and then kind of slowly started to get a little bit more clothing. But my furniture stayed pretty minimal. So it's going to be a very easy move. And then I do plan on definitely, since I'm now finding my roots in this particular home that I'm moving into, I will be getting more of the big stuff, more furniture and furnishings in the bigger place, just because I do now know that I will be there for the long term and I won't have to trash it all, hopefully, in the near future. So that's kind of the stage I'm in where I'm finding that new stuff that I want to furnish in the place but also packing up the old stuff, throwing a bunch of stuff away, donating a bunch of stuff, selling a bunch of stuff. And it's a little daunting. It's definitely a process. Luckily, I do have a little bit of time because I have my lease for a little longer here in my current place, so I do have some time to make that transition a little more slowly than a couple days, which I know is the case for a lot of people when they move. So, that's what's going on. Hopefully this will be the last episode I record in this "quote unquote" studio, which is really just my living area in my tiny apartment, and I actually don't think I will have much different of a situation in my new place. I think I'll probably be recording on the dining room table to be honest because it looks out on it to the mountains of Boulder and the foothills and the flatirons and all of that stuff that us boulderites just love. So to be recording a podcast when I'm just have that as my view is probably the biggest dream come true I can imagine. So that's where I'll be next week, hopefully, but I'll let y'all know. Don't worry. So that's what's going on with me personally. If you are at all interested in like home furnishings or interior design or anything like that or fashion. So I do a capsule wardrobe because of this minimalist approach that I lead, which I'll talk more about over on my social media. So if you're interested in either of those and keto, because I do all of it, right? I can have a capsule wardrobe and be interested in interior design and be keto all at the same time. Did you know that? (laughs) Just kidding. I will be kind of starting to share a little bit more about that over on my social media channels. So if you're interested at all, make sure to follow me over there, Sean Minor Health, and you can see a little bit of everything, a little bit of all the stuff that I'm into and maybe you'll be into it too. And I can give you some ideas and tips. Okay, that's all as far as the personal stuff goes. Let's move on to business. So I made a very exciting announcement over the past week since the last time I recorded Keto for Women for my fat-burning femaleers. So anyone who has participated In the Fat-Burning Female Project, you're a fat-burning female for life. I think you all know that, but just so I can remind you. And so what I have now done is I'm going to be hosting a retreat for our fat-burning female, anyone that can come in September in Boulder, which is the most amazing time to be in Boulder. I will add to that but so excited to meet the ladies that I did meet over the past few weeks when I was at these conferences. To be able to meet fat-burning femalers in person is just like on another level for me. And so I wanted to make that a reality and I wanted to do it as much as I could. So I think a retreat and I think getting as many women that are now in this fat-burning female zone in one room for a weekend, doing all the fun things, eating all the keto food, laughing a bunch, maybe expanding on some of our beliefs and patterns and things like that. I do want to do a little bit of teaching while we're there, but also just like having some girl time, having some me time. I will definitely make sure that there's some time where you can relax on your own or explore Boulder or whatever you want to do. And of course, we're going to be active too. And it's just, I'm so excited. So if you are a fat burning femaleer, be on the lookout for information for that, I did already send out some this past week. If you're not already in the fat burning female project, you have a couple more opportunities to do so before the retreat comes up in September. So we do have a class coming up in May, which the enrollment will be end of April. And we do have one coming up in July too. So you have a couple more opportunities so you can be a part of this amazing retreat experience and maybe the first like keto retreat. And if it's not the first keto retreat, it's definitely the first keto for women retreat. So I'm very, very excited for that. Be on the lookout for more information. And if you wanna go, just go through the Fat-Burning Female Project first. It's pretty much life-changing and then you can come hang out with us in September too. Two more quick announcements. The next thing's up. I know I've mentioned this before, but I want to make sure that just in case you want to start traveling and learning more about keto, a couple opportunities. I will be on the low-carb cruise that's coming up end of May, May 20th, I believe we set sail, I'm going to a few different ports in Mexico and Honduras it's a 7-day cruise, super fun, great speakers, and it's just a really good opportunity to have both vacation and a learning experience at the same time and really get to know a good community of keto people because we're basically all on a boat together for 7 days. So, you kind of get to know people. That's coming up and then in June, so a month later, actually I think it's less than a month later, like 3 weeks later, I'll be traveling to Austin for KetoCon. I know a lot of you will be there. If you haven't already signed up, you can Use the link in my profile to do so, make it super easy. Or you can use the link in the show notes to do so. Check it out. See if it's something you can attend. It is June. It's in Austin. It'll be great. It's a three day experience. I'd love to meet you and see you there if you're going to be there. And then last thing I just want to mention. So last week, I know I kind of went through everything that I learned and everything I did over the two week trip that I took and the two conferences I went to. But I kind of forgot to mention anything that I did (laughs) as far as my talks. So as I briefly mentioned, I did do a panel at the Nutritional Therapy Conference for basically low-carb keto compliance, how to get your clients into a ketogenic diet, what it means, who should do it, who shouldn't do it, and then we took questions from the audience. So I think pretty much everything we talked about, I have definitely talked about here. It was a very kind of basic, but really good overview of a ketogenic diet and why it would be a good case for a lot of people to go that route. So that's what happened there, just briefly telling you all. But then I had a full hour, well, basically 45, 50 minutes over at the Keto Ladies Conference, Low Carb Universe. And with that, I did a talk on keto for hormones, which you know, you all know I'm very passionate about here on Keto for Women. I think it's something that is very misinterpreted in the keto community and needs a lot more specific information. So I broke it down for those ladies and I went through kind of the whole response of stress and how PCOS can change things. Pregnancy postpartum menopause, birth control pills, all these things and how we can have wonky hormones because of all those things and how keto can basically kind of regulate that. So all stuff I talk about here, maybe not all in one episode, but definitely in different spurts here and there. So all stuff that you know as Keto for Women listeners, but maybe said a little differently or broken down a little differently and with slides. And for some reason, when you have a PowerPoint that goes along with your talk, it makes it a little different. And I was able to put up some charts and graphs and things like that, just to make it more fun and more interactive. So because this is a podcast, I can't give you those slides or anything like that along with the talk. So what I'm going to do, because I do want to make sure that, like I said, I've already covered this content on the show, but if you want it again, which is the case for a lot of women, or if you know someone that just would maybe do better, just having it all there, what I'm going to do is host a webinar Coming up in April, that will be that talk specifically with the slides and uh, also give you the opportunity to ask specific questions in regards to keto for hormones. So specifically our female hormones, we're talking sex steroid hormones. So estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, DHEA, pregnenolone, those kinds of cortisol is in there too. Those kinds of hormones. If you have any questions or, or want to talk specifically about that, we can do so on a webinar. So it will be live. I will be be there along with you. Hopefully you can attend live. If not, of course, it will be a recording. You'll have an opportunity to type in questions beforehand or even potentially live depending on how many questions I have to go through. So very excited for that. That's going to be coming up. Be on the lookout. I will announce it again here when I have an official date, but also over on my social media channels. And then of course, to my email newsletter subscribers, which if you're not on my email list and you listen to this show, you're totally missing out. Because for some reason, when I get typing, things just flow out of me that don't when I'm speaking. So if you're not on my email list, then you're not getting a lot of information that I don't share here or on social media or anything like that. Kind of a whole different tribe over there. So I'll also make sure to link to that in the show notes. But you can also just go to my website. And there's a lot of different opportunities to sign up over there to get on it. Okay. One more thing before we get into our keto hot seat questions is I just want to remind you all to go check out Oh So Good Bone Broth. As we know, bone broth is so incredibly important to like our skin health and our hair health because it has that collagen and gelatin in it. But what's not maybe as flashy of an item when it comes to bone broth is how important it is for your gut health. And pretty much all of us need some major gut support, whether you're noticing it or not in how your bowel movements are or how your digestive system is working, whether you know it or not, you just really have an opportunity and a need to give your gut some love. And that's what's so important about bone broth. That's why it became so popular in the first place and has stuck around because of those healing properties that it does to heal and seal your gut lining, keep leaky gut from happening, or heal it back up once your gut is ready to be healed up. So that's why I love to have oh-so-good bone broth in my life on a regular basis. I mean, I drink this stuff, I drink a mug of it almost every day. It's always stocked in my freezer. I also think it's delicious and it definitely takes away any sort of munchiness or anything like that. I often have it as my afternoon kind of quote unquote snack just because it, it's just soothing and nice and comforting and it's so flavorful. So head over to osogoodbones.com. Use the coupon code KETO, the number four, women, and make sure you place an order and get $10 off your order for some bone broth. And just make sure you always have it stocked up in your freezer. Try a bunch of different flavors. Find the one that you like the best. I personally, my absolute very favorite is Signature. My second favorite is Spicy Pork. So good. That's just coming from me, but they're all absolutely fabulous. You can add MCT oil, coconut oil, ghee or butter, blend it up and it becomes a fatty drink, which if you are trying to get into ketosis and you need more fats, there you go. That makes it easy and tastes so good. So head over to osogoodbones.com, coupon code KETO, the number four women, $10 off. All right, here we go. I'm opening my phone. I found out where I left off last time. I do not know these questions. Once again, this is now the third Keto Hot Seat episode. I Recommend you go back. They will all be within the last 10 or so and listen to the rest of them because there will probably be some repeats of questions. And I'm just going to refer you back to those episodes and I'll make sure to link to those in the show notes so you can get to them easily. But I just kind of decided to do this because I get so many questions. I don't even think you guys can understand the amount of questions I get. And I understand it. I totally get it because keto is different. It's a different thing. Like We actually have something we need to test for, and we're looking for certain symptoms and signs and feeling better and not feeling better, and it just gets confusing. It gets very overwhelming. So I get the questions. However, I just don't have the amount of time to answer them all. I just can't. So if I can ask for a rapid fire type situation with these questions, I feel like I get through so many more, and I get a lot more clarification happening in one episode than I could in any other capacity. So that's why I'm starting this. I love it. I don't know why. I think I personally do better off the cuff, having no idea what these questions are or what my answer is going to be. I like it. And I hope you do too. I think it shows my personality a lot more and I never have rehearsed any sort of episode, but just even knowing what I'm going to say for some reason, I I don't know. I don't like it as much. So I think my off the cuff answers are better please keep in mind that I'm totally cool with not knowing the answer. And I will tell you if I don't know the answer, I don't have the answer for everything. So I just got to be honest and let you all know that that's the case. And if not, then hopefully I can provide you with somewhere to go look or maybe something to Google or something along those lines. Okay, let's get started because I really do want to get through all these so I can request new questions. All right. Hi, loving your podcast so far. I am mid the fourth episode. Thoughts on using keto to address chronic viral issues such as Epstein Barr, herpes, Lyme, etc. I have read the book Medical Medium, which led me to suspect as Epstein Barr and blood testing showed very high levels of that virus in my system. It's a beast, unfortunately, and I've not been able to get it fully under control. I'm not doing keto, but I'm interested to try if the virus isn't just going to feed on the fat, which is what the author of Medical Medium says. Thank you. Okay. First of all, I am not an expert on any of these viruses. I don't know. So I'll tell you that. Here we go. Starting right off by saying, I don't know, but here's what I do know. Here's what I find a little fishy about this. I can't really think of how any virus would feed off fat. I guess if there's a certain fatty acid that perhaps that virus likes, but unless there's legit explanation as to how that works, what that fatty acid is and why you need to avoid it, then I wouldn't just fear fat. And I wouldn't necessarily think that keto isn't the way. What I think about when I think of this situation is Epstein-Barr, herpes, Lyme, and even for me, toxic mold exposure, chronic inflammatory response syndrome, that is grouped in the same category as Lyme disease. Basically, if I get bitten by a Lyme-carrying tick, I will contract Lyme disease and I will not be able to detox from it in the same capacity as mold. So it's very much in the same category. And these are all signs that your immune system is freaking out. So it is an immune system issue. It is something where you need to do everything you can to heal and protect and calm your immune system down. Now, ketone production can do that. And I've talked about it in the past. You can go back to the Power of Ketones episode where I talk specifically about that. But that's one of the greatest things about ketone production, in my opinion, is this immune system regulation. So I see the healing power of a ketogenic diet happening here where I see that as being a more prominent factor than like maybe these things feed off fat, that doesn't seem likely to me. I don't see like the scientific evidence behind that. That's where I would be a little bit fishy. But again, I don't know. This is all just what's going on in my head as the wheels are cranking. I've done no research. I've done no reading. I've done nothing on these particular topics. This is just what I'm thinking. So what I would say for you is to maybe for you to go do a little bit more digging on how do these things actually feed off fat? Because if that's the case, then you shouldn't be eating any fat, which would be just terrible for your health. And another thing is with these viruses, we need these fat-soluble vitamins in very large amounts. And that includes vitamin A, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin K. Those are all fat-soluble vitamins, meaning that you need fat as the transporter. That's the only way they're going to get to where they need to go in order to heal your body. So you need fat in large quantities to get these large quantities of vitamins, very important vitamins to the right places. So that's another thing I just kind of think of too, off the bat. Next one, I struggle with knowing how to figure out how much protein is okay to eat. Is there any easy formula to figure it out? Love the podcast. Thanks. So I did talk about this in probably both of the last Keto Hot Seat episodes. So I do recommend you going back to that. I also talk about it in the episode about doing ketogenic without calculating your macros. So you can go back and listen to that episode again. But my answer, which is the answer for so many of these questions, is... I don't know. I can't tell you how much you need to eat. That is totally independent to you and your body. So the amount of protein I eat is going to be different than the amount of protein you eat. It depends on so many different factors, what your body does in response to protein, your workout regimen, so how active you are, your blood sugar issues now and in the past. The list goes on and on. So this is where you do the work for you. This is the beauty about a ketogenic diet is that you have all the power in the world to figure out what works for you. You don't need someone else to tell you. And it's very different from other types of eating plans, we'll say, because we're used to having people tell us exactly what to do when it comes to our food. And I'm here to tell you, that's not how it should be. That's not normal. That's not okay. Let's figure out what works for us as our own independent, individual, thriving self. So... Hopefully that gives you the empowerment to go figure it out. And another thing I just want to note, when we're asking all these questions about how much fat do I eat? How much protein do I eat? How many carbs do I eat? X, Y, Z. I really want to make it clear that not every day needs to be exactly the same, which is another thing that we have been conditioned to think as coming from any sort of dieting industry dieting plan or even part of that industry is that every single day you need to have this percentage, this percentage, and this percentage, this many grams, this many grams, and this many grams, this many calories. But you know by living your life that every day is not the same. Some days you work out, some days you don't. Some days you're busy, some days you sleep and take naps all day or watch Netflix. Some days you're hungry, some days you're not. It's different. There's so much that's different about our lives and our bodies on a day-to-day basis. Even just our hormonal cycles make us very different on a day-to-day basis. So I also really wanna stress the importance of just letting go that every single day needs to be the same, that every day you need to eat the same amount of food and it should look the same and you should feel the same. It's just not how it's gonna be. One day you're gonna eat the same thing as you did the previous day and be way more hungry or way more full or not satisfied. So please let all of it be super fluid. That's what will really help. And I think you will also find that that fluidity will, of course, lead you to be more intuitive because then you are going to have to ask yourself, what do I feel like eating today? How hungry am I? What have I done as far as my workouts or movement today? Or what stage of my cycle am I in? You have all these questions that you can ask yourself to find out how you're eating and what that does is it also taps you into being a little bit more intuitive as far as your ketone production. So I just find that when people are intuitive, and women in particular, obviously that's who I talk to on a day-to-day basis, when we become more intuitive and fluid with our food, still knowing we're going to follow this general ketogenic template, that's when we find that ketone production is a lot more steady and stable it just works that way because we're using our own intuition, we're letting our body determine what food we're eating and what levels and quantities and amounts and all that stuff instead of our brain or what google said or that blogger said or this podcaster said it's you determining what works for you and that's when i don't know it ketogenic is a very intuitive process too so getting into that ketone production state and keeping there is also part of that intuitive process so I think you all should just try and see how it goes. Can you do a full day of eating, all meals, snacks, guesstimated amount of cooking fats, etc.? I could, and I have done so before, but kind of following up to the last question, every single day for me is totally different. What I eat has nothing to do with what you should be eating. And I would rather you determine what a day of eating looks like for you based on what you want, not what I do. So I feel like that would be kind of going backwards in what I'm trying to teach you, which is figure out what works for yourself and kind of keep your eyes on your own plate. And yes, I do post pictures all the time of the food that I eat. I don't do that so that you can see the amount of food or the proportions that make me keto or anything like that. I do it to give you ideas of foods you can make to get you out of your rut and how easy it is to switch up your plate. And because food is pretty, I think. I think his food is so pretty. And I love taking pictures of food. So I don't really want to do that. I want you to determine what works for you because I can tell you, especially with the change in workouts that I've been doing lately and how I've been feeling lately and just everything that my keto looks really different than a lot of people's keto. And I'm still in ketosis. I don't fast. I work out hard. I rest a lot. I also have a very flexible schedule. So I cook a lot and it just wouldn't make sense. So eyes on your own plate figure out what works for you and your keto diet if you do want help like this is why I have and I spend so much time and energy and effort into the fat burning female project because I do have basically a coaching program to help you through and get into a ketogenic diet that works for you and to make sure you're getting into ketosis safely so I have that and it's something I do in my class so that might be something to consider as well Before we get any further with this episode, let me take just a second to tell you all about the Ample Ketogenic Meal Replacement Shakes. I'm so excited that this product is now out there. I can't wait for you all to try it. It is the first all-in-one keto meal replacement shake that gets the nutrition from quality real ingredients, which is so, so, so hard to find in the ketogenic space. You all know how important real food ingredients are for me, and I wanna pass that information on to you. And here we now have a really great opportunity to have a meal replacement shake, something that's super easy for us to grab when we're on the go, running errands, don't have time for breakfast, don't feel like cooking, whatever it may be, we now have a place to turn, and that is the Ample Ketogenic Meal Replacement Shakes 70% of the calories in this shake come from premium healthy fats, such as MCT oil powder, coconut oil powder, things we're already eating on a daily basis anyway. There are only six grams of net carbs in each meal, and it comes along with 40 billion CFUs of probiotics, which is like 10 times what you would get by drinking a kombucha. So they're really taking care of our gut health. They're keeping that in check while we're on our ketogenic diet. They have the prebiotic fibers necessary to within this shake to feed the good bacteria in your gut. They've thought of so much. It has potassium and magnesium so that if you're going through the keto flu or you just want to work on your electrolyte balance, which is something we talk about a lot on keto for women, that's taken care of too. And the best part is it actually tastes amazing. I taste so many ketogenic products. Most of them I don't like, so I don't even tell you about them, but I love the flavor of these ample shakes. You're going to love it. I can't wait for you all to try it. In order to do so, because they are a sponsor of the Keto for Women show, you lucky listeners get 15% off your order when you go to amplemeal.com and use the coupon code KETO4WOMEN15 at checkout. That's amplemeal.com and use the coupon code Keto, the number four, women, 15 to get your 15% off your first order. I will make sure to have this information linked in the show notes so you can get easy access to your 15% off. Can you please talk about how your body has a different idea of what its ideal weight is than you might think? I know you talk a lot about this already. Some of us gain weight while keto, and while that's not ideal, we feel so good. I think of this weight as my quote-unquote safe weight, where my body wants to be. I just need to hear you talk about this again. I'm probably 15 pounds heavier than where I think I should be but I think my head needs to get out of my body's way. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yes, your head needs to get out of your body's way. I had to learn this the hard way. It sounds like this listener had to learn this the hard way. And I know a lot of you out there are learning this the hard way too. Now, when I say hard way, I think it mainly is just because we have somehow in our lifetime found or created a perfect, quote-unquote, ideal weight for ourselves that we may never have even been at. It could have been a weight that you just want to be because your friend looks like that and that's her weight or the supermodel looks like that and that's what she weighs or you almost felt like you were there but you never fully got there so another 10 pounds would get you there, right? So a lot of times we come up with this ideal weight, a number on the scale, again, which you all know I think is ridiculous, Actually, when I was packing this week, I threw away my scale. My scale is gone. I haven't been on it in probably six to eight months. But then I, when I was going to pack, I'm like, why am I packing this thing? I have no need for it. I have zero, zero need for it. So I threw it away. Actually, I donated it, which I probably should have just thrown it away because now I'm just passing on the bad scale vibes to someone else. But oh, well, I didn't want to just throw it. I didn't want to actually put it in the trash. So I donated it to someone else. But anyway, back to the real story. So we come to this ideal weight, perhaps not ever having been there, or maybe we have. Maybe you have been in there in the past. Maybe it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago in high school. Maybe it was a few years ago and you looked really good, but you felt terrible or you were sick or it caused you to get sick or it caused you to start gaining weight and now you can't get back there. I mean, I've heard all the stories. I think you can tell. I've heard it all by this point. And I understand the desire to get to this certain point physically, but what you need to remember and really think about is that bigger picture. So yes, physically, you want to look a certain way, but do you want to look that way and have all the other dominoes just falling Like as far as your health goes and how you feel and how you act? And for instance, do you want to look the way that you think that you should look and not be able to get out of bed in the morning, be moody, have trouble in your relationships because now you're fighting, be hungry, be depressed, have gut issues to where you have to run to the bathroom every five minutes, which was the case for me, develop a thyroid disease, have wonky hormones, not have your period, not be able to conceive a baby. I mean, gosh, the list honestly could keep going for the entire episode. And I make those points specifically because I've seen it a number of times, time and time again. I've seen women that were at their ideal weight or got there, was able to stay there, but then every other block started tumbling down everything else started falling out of place. And at that point, you really just have to say what's more important. And I hope that maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but I hope eventually you get to the point where your health is your number one priority and feeling so good, which is what this listener mentioned is like, keto made her gain weight, but she feels so good. All right. So then that is a very good sign that what you are doing in this moment is what's right for your body. And as I mentioned very often, when we have weight gain, especially when it happens as part of a ketogenic diet, you are eating an amazingly healthy, balanced, appropriate healing diet for your body. But if it involves weight gain, then that is your body communicating with you and giving you the information to say, hey, something's still off, something's still going on. And that's where you then have the power to dig a little further, be in a ketogenic diet for a steady, I'd say at least three months, preferably longer, more like six months. And while you're there in that steady ketogenic state, Healing your body, you can also be finding out more information about your body. You can be using that symptom, weight gain, also along with some other symptoms that maybe you're experiencing, because it's quite often not just weight gain. Once you actually dig and start thinking, you're like, Oh yeah, well, I'm also not sleeping really well. And my boss has been really mad at me lately. So I'm kind of stressed out and my kids are off at college now. And that's pretty sad. You know, like there are other things going on as well, that you can kind of use all of that information, do some functional lab testing with either a functional medicine practitioner or myself as part of my group classes. I offer them all the time. Do that stuff to find out why, find out the reason why weight gain is a symptom, why you're having that as part of your healing process, and then you can heal a little deeper. And ketogenic is going to do that. There's going to be, of course, protocols that will help you get there. I use supplement protocols in my practice that really work really, really well. So you have the power to then use that as a symptom. Now, there are also, which it sounds like may be the case for this listener, there's also the case where you may have just not been at a healthy weight. You may have thought that whatever that weight was, was good for you, but your body thought differently. And it was using you not feeling well again as communication to you to change something. Like if you're at this weight, but then all of a sudden the blocks start tumbling, you've got to just admit that that's not the right weight for you and that increasing by 15 pounds would be like she said, quote unquote, safe weight. Your body feels safe, comfortable and happy there. Does that mean it is that way forever? No, but it might just be because of the abuse, which You know, I'm the first to say I've abused my body in the past. And it's really sad to say, but it's true. And now I'm crawling out of that hole that takes years and years to crawl out of that abuse. And I think you all can be pretty honest with yourself and also say that you've abused your body in the past. And maybe you still are. But in order for that abuse, basically in order for us to crawl out of that place of abuse, it takes a long time, of course, but the number one thing you have to do is let your body know it is safe. If you let your body know that things are good, it's safe, everything's okay, I'm not gonna abuse you anymore, I'm not gonna underfeed you, I'm not gonna Over exert you in my workouts, once you let your body know all of that is okay, then things are going to shift. They're going to continue to grow and change and develop. You're going to continue to get balanced out. And then maybe you will lose some weight from there. Maybe you will, maybe you won't, but you've got to get to that place of safety and healing. Ketogenic, as far as how to eat, as far as a lifestyle is the first step. Doing the extra work to find out what else you need to do, what else you have going on and what you need to heal is the next step. Putting your weight on the back burner, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you it because I know it's the number one thing we all think about. Putting it on the back burner for a little bit is going to do you a tremendous amount of good, a tremendous amount of good for your body and for digging yourself out of that hole. So I know there's a lot of people that are in the keto community to lose weight, but just get to that place. And I understand, and there are a lot of people that have to lose weight to get healthy. I get that too. But it all happens together. And sometimes it happens with the weight being the last thing to come. And not sometimes, a lot of the time. Does it take all the other healing steps and then the weight happens? So patience, put your health first think about everything else, think about all the good things you're experiencing with keto and focus on that because we all feel pretty darn good, right? I can't even believe how much energy I have in comparison to in the past and how good I sleep and how well rested I feel when I wake up. And I'm just like a spunkier person. I just have more zest for life now. And I think you know some of you may still be in that process of getting there, but a lot of us could agree. So focus on that stuff, put the weight on the back burner, and just know that safety for your body is the number one goal right now. I hope that answered that question. Next, belly fat woes. I know it's hard to know without seeing me, but I have thin muscular legs, shapely arms, and my face, neck are thin, but this belly fat is bad. Is this hormonal? How do I find a doctor to treat me? Is keto the answer for excess weight in the middle? So most of the time, excess belly fat, yes, is hormonal. It could be a number of different hormonal imbalances, all stemming from a stress response, a cortisol reaction, and then the subsequent hormonal imbalances that take place because of that. So yeah, you should definitely look into your hormones further. That's something that you could do as part of the Happy Hormones Project with me Or I would go the functional medicine route in order to actually look at that and make sure they're testing your hormones via saliva or urine test to actually determine the accurate levels of your hormones. And yeah, keto is a great way to start getting those hormones in balance. That's why I did a whole hour talk in front of a group of ladies about keto for hormones. Yes, it's definitely the way to go. That's going to be the first step, as I mentioned, along with more Digging and an actual protocol as well. But keto is going to be the first step always. I seem to have more visible dimpled fat or cellulite since going keto. My body fat is low, however. Some say it's the diuretic effect of low carb. I do try to stay hydrated and take collagen. It could be the diuretic effect, yes, to some degree. And if that's the case, yes, drinking a lot of water, also making sure that your electrolytes are in balance as well. So using an electrolyte support, which I have listed in the supplement episode of Keto for Women, that's episode number 18. You can go back and get that download and then order those supplements. That's really important. Also, there's some other reasons for cellulite. One of them is hormonal. So if you have like estrogen dominance where you have low progesterone and or an excess of estrogen that often causes cellulite. And then also if you're not detoxing appropriately. So if your liver is a little bit congested, which I'm finding is quite prominent in the keto community for those that are coming to keto or have been keto for a while. And I'm going to do a whole episode on how to support your liver while keto. So that's gonna come up in the next probably two to three episodes. So be on the lookout for that. But if you have any sort of congestion or issue detoxing, which also can drive you know, the hormonal imbalance as well because you're not able to effectively recycle and conjugate those hormones, that's the job of the liver, then that will show up too. And I've seen that be the case for cellulite as well. I personally do not track anything. So I do not calculate or use an app or even really think much about my food, except that it's ketogenic in nature because that's how I prefer to eat and I want to produce ketones. Those are pretty much my only goals when it comes to my food. But I do recommend that people follow that same path. Although I understand that at the beginning, it does help to track to some level what you're doing to get yourself into ketosis and then finding out what works for your body. So I get that. But I do recommend then moving on to the intuitive approach, which is what we learn in the Fat Burning Female project. We do that little bit of tracking using my own personal. I've created an entirely different system that doesn't involve any sort of numbers or calculating or percentages or my fitness pal or anything like that. So we have a system to get you into ketosis, but then we work on not using that system. We then move on to working away from that system and just using what feels best for your body. So that's kind of fun. But anyway, in that program, we use full carbs. There's a couple of reasons. The first reason is because I don't think that any food should be a number or calculation. And so if we're adding even more numbers or calculations, then it just becomes that much less appealing and enjoyable and food-like and more like a math problem. So you have to take your full carbs and then subtract the fiber and get your net carbs and all that stuff I just think is one step way too many. It's already enough that we have to track anything, right? So getting away from that is my goal. And that means just take a number and just eat that. Just don't even worry about it. Another reason is because some people actually do experience a blood sugar reaction to fiber. So you may be doing yourself a disservice by taking out those net carbs and not thinking that you need to worry about those when you actually do. So I just think that with the combination of those two, it's like, why would we even take out the fiber? That doesn't make any sense if you could have a reaction to it and it could be keeping you from a ketogenic state. So definitely go the full route, in my opinion. Although I did just learn this. I didn't know that. Over in Europe, so if you are someone that's listening in Europe, they either only put net carbs on or they already have calculated it out for you. So if you're in Europe, you're just using net carbs already and you don't even know. Well, I mean, you do know, but it's not a big deal. It's already done for you. So you've got that for you. Trying to figure out how my ketones and insulin responds in a day-to-day environment. What hours times do you suggest? I'm thinking about a two to three day self-experiment. So I talk about this in the how to test ketones episode in more detail. So you can go listen to that. But I like to test ketones in the middle to late afternoon when it's been a while since I've eaten or worked out. And I don't know how you're testing insulin. I don't think there's a home insulin test at all, so I don't think you're going to the doctor to do that. You'd want to do fasting insulin if you can get your doctor to test, but I'm assuming maybe you mean blood sugar or glucose, and that I would do after a meal. So I would do one hour after a meal and two hours after a meal, and then fasting, so when you wake up in the morning as well. That's the timing. I do talk about that more in past episodes, but yeah, you're doing a little different. You're not doing them all at the same time. So ketones are going to be at a different time than your blood sugar. So keep that in mind too. So you are going to have to prick your finger a number of times over the course of one day. If you want to do them all at the same time, or you can do different days, like one day, just test your ketones and then the next day, test your glucose and you know, maybe go back and forth that way too. Next one, healing cystic acne. If you have cystic acne, then you need to find out why. And you need to heal that reason. So most likely it's not going to be topical. Topical is going to, yes, of course, put a Band-Aid on the symptoms, of course. So it's going to heal your acne and make it less noticeable and more manageable, which I completely understand that you would want to do. But you still have to figure out why you're having that. And most of the time for women, it is hormonal. So you've got to look into your hormones and get a full hormone picture looking at the state of your cortisol, so that's your stress hormone, but then also your progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, DHEA, and see what the balance of all those are. Again, you can do so with a functional practitioner or you can do so in my Happy Hormones project with me and you will be using either saliva or urine testing to do so. That will give you the accurate picture and tell you what you need to do. A lot of the time, a cystic acne can also be a symptom of a gut health issue. So if you're having other digestive issues that you know of, it would be potentially a good idea to get started there or to do that also which you can do in my Good Gut Project with me, and then potentially finding out your food sensitivities too. So could be a food sensitivity that you're eating that's causing acne as its kind of way of showing you that you're sensitive. It's an inflammatory response. It could be gut health and skin health are so tightly connected too. So you have some things to explore for sure, and I'm happy to help you do that. When I have some kettle and fire bone broth, I get urgent diarrhea. I first had one cup, then tried half a cup, and then tried a half a cup and diluted it with water. Still had the same problem. Could it be the fat in it? I don't know kettle and fire specifically, but most bone broth doesn't contain fat. You would have to add fat in it for it to contain it. So like I said, with the oh so good is putting MCT oil or butter in it and whipping it up and making it kind of like a bulletproof situation. So I don't think it's that. You could actually be sensitive to something in it. You could have a food sensitivity to something actually in the specific kettle and fire bone broth, like whatever spices they use, whatever type of bone they're using. I would more so look at that than the fat. Now, if there is fat in it, then yeah, it could definitely be that. I see that often is the case, especially for people who are just starting with keto, that diarrhea is one of the symptoms because you're not digesting your fats appropriately. And we'll talk about that in the liver episode coming up, but you would probably want to support your liver in the best way possible to make sure you are breaking down that fat. I'm in my mid-50s and still have monthly cycles. I am from the September group, which she's talking about fat-burning female. And since reaching ketosis in late November, my cycles lately have come every two weeks. Is this something unusual and my body just needs to adjust? I don't have any health issues. So that could actually be your kind of perimenopausal state. Since you are in your mid-50s, it could be the sign that menopause is around the corner because of those kind of shortening cycles. Sometimes they shorten for a little bit and sometimes, you know, before they start lengthening out and then being absent altogether that's an option. It also could definitely be, I see this happen quite a bit, when you are kind of at the beginning stages of the keto transition, sometimes you do see a change in your menstrual cycle for a month or two. It could be shorter, it could be longer, something like that. That's why we have the Fat-Burning Female Project. We try to negate that. So we try to keep that from happening But if you are coming into that project with already hormonal imbalances, some wonky hormones going on, basically keto kind of like brings it to light for a little bit while it's in the process of healing it and getting you back to a normal cycle and normal ovulation. So that could be a situation too, where it may just be kind of those beginning stages. Maybe you're healing a hormonal imbalance that perhaps you didn't even know was going on, but Nothing to be super concerned about, especially because it still is pretty early in your journey. At least it was when we were asking these questions five weeks ago. And now it is just being regulated. And maybe you're on the verge of menopause too. Okay, moving on. Could you please discuss the pros and cons of doing a food sensitivity test versus an elimination diet with gradual reintroduction of foods? I feel like I want to check my body as I'm not obviously sensitive to anything, but I'm wondering which would be the best approach. Maybe a combination of the two. Thanks. Love your show. Thank you. So I am a huge, as you probably know, because I do offer this in my practice, I'm a huge believer in the food sensitivity testing versus elimination diets. And I do have a whole blog post on this. You can go to my website or I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's a whole blog post about the differences and the reasons why I like food sensitivity testing. I've done both. I spent years trying to eliminate foods and figure out what was causing me distress. And I never really did figure it out, to be honest. And then I did the food sensitivity test and it all made sense because I was eating those foods. That's the deal with these food sensitivity tests is they're looking at foods you're eating every day, even foods that no elimination diet would ever have you take out. For instance, no elimination diet is going to tell you not to eat salad. And yet it could be everything in that salad that's making your body react. The lettuce, the carrots, the tomatoes, the onions, everything else you could be sensitive to. So it's going to be really hard in that way to do an elimination diet on yourself. It's pretty much impossible because you would have to eliminate every single food at a different time and see how you react. But then you could be reacting to another food and you'd basically just be eating no foods. (laughs) So I just don't recommend it. It's way too hard You're never going to find out exactly what works for you. And if you know that you are having a reaction to foods, then you understand the value of finding that information out. It is so valuable to have that information on your body when you've spent years just reacting to random things and trying to figure it out and it's so frustrating. I've totally been there. So it's worth the investment to find out those sensitivities for yourself once and for all. So like I mentioned, I do this as part of the Good Gut Project. So you can look into that. I will have another one coming up in the summer, I believe. I love doing keto. I feel great during the day, but at night I can't fall asleep and don't sleep well unless I take melatonin which I don't want to take. Recently, I started sleeping really good at night, but then I felt tired and moody during the day. I realized I was going out of ketosis from eating too many nuts. Now I'm back in ketosis and I can't sleep again. I'm not sure what to do. How can I heal my body if I can't get good sleep? I don't want to give up keto, but I want to be able to sleep at night. Also, I don't think I'm fat adapted. So eating some carbs at night would just make me feel bad the next day because I wouldn't be right back into ketosis. I used to sleep good before keto. Would I just do a low-carb diet? I just don't feel like I would get all the benefits from being keto if I did that. So it sounds to me like you actually already answered your own question. You don't think you're fat adapted. So that's why. You may be doing a keto-like diet, but I would just really want to make sure that you are eating a good, healing, ketogenic diet. So lots of high quality fats, amount of high quality proteins, carbs when you need it. But I'm talking a good amount of food. If you are doing any sort of intermittent fasting or just going too long without a meal, cut that, make sure you're eating a lot of food, snack if you need to, but definitely make sure you're having breakfast, lunch, dinner at minimum with a good, solid, big plate of food. This will help you get fat adapted quicker. It will help you sleep for sure. That's one of the biggest benefits that I see in the fat burning female project is that as long as you don't have another situation going on, then sleep is the first thing that comes because you're finally feeding your body appropriate amounts of food at the appropriate healthy ratios. If you do have something else going on, which it could be if your cortisol is out of whack, if you're coming into keto in a high stress state or even a low cortisol state or backwards cortisol state, or you're low in the morning and higher at night, which is the opposite of what it should be throughout the day, then you are not going to sleep well. And Keto could be kind of again bringing that situation to light. Now it's healing it to some degree as long as you're eating enough food and as long as you are nourishing your body appropriately, but it may be kind of bringing that adrenal issue to light. So that could be a reason if you have blood sugar issues, if your blood sugar is wonky, which it could be a situation that you'd want to potentially test your blood sugar in the evening to see where it's at and to see if maybe you are experiencing a A dip or a high of blood sugar in the evening that could be keeping you awake. If you have a stressed out life, it could be that. You know, it could just be not diet related at all. A lot of times it isn't. But we do make this switch to ketosis while we're also in a stressful time and it kind of compacts the situation a little bit and makes it a little bit more obvious. So that could be as well. But I would just really want to make sure, which it sounds like you're testing ketones. So you know you're in ketosis but that you're doing so by eating a good amount of food. And I mean a lot of food, lots of veggies, lots of fats, good high quality meats to the degree that your body likes, And then carbs aren't the enemy. Maybe you do need to add a little bit more carbohydrate. Maybe it could be at night. Maybe it's in the morning. Maybe it's at lunch. Whenever you find that it works best for you, but it's not the worst thing in the world to add a little bit of carbohydrate as long as your blood sugar tolerates it and as long as you have a positive response and not a negative response. So this could be maybe some roasted carrots for dinner Maybe it is a handful of nuts or some nut butter before bed. Not anything where we need to all of a sudden add bread or rice or pasta, but these small amounts of carbohydrates from really nutrient-dense sources could maybe be your ticket. So I do not think, and I do not recommend, you just go straight into a totally low-carb diet. Like That's the opposite of what you want to do. That would be what I call low-carb purgatory where your body's just going to totally freak out because it doesn't have ketone production, but it also doesn't have glucose for fuel. So you're going to feel terrible and you're definitely not going to sleep because that's an automatic stress response in your body. So definitely don't go that route. Just get into a solid state of ketosis and stay there. Let your body heal, eat a lot of food, no fasting and see how you do. All right. So that wraps up all of the Instagram questions. And I still have a lot over on Facebook that I haven't touched yet. Let's see. Looks like I have about 20 or so. So, since I'm not gonna get through 20 in the next couple of minutes, We're going to have to wait. We're going to have to do one more Keto Hot Seat episode, get through these questions, and then we'll take new ones after that. So one more Keto Hot Seat episode coming up in the next few weeks. I hope you are enjoying them. If you're enjoying them, please let me know. You can do so on the social media channels. That's the best way to reach me. And as always, thank you so much for listening. I do also want to take a quick second to shout out everyone that sent over an iTunes review when I requested them last week. Oh my gosh, it just totally makes my day. I'm at over 300 right now and it's all because of you guys. It means so much to me. It means so much to the show and it means so much to the women that need our help. And it really is us as a community, as a team doing this together, spreading the word. So you guys are in it just as much as I am. And I love you all. Thank you so much again for listening and we will catch up next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.